the hardest thing that you do is thinking. You have a problem, you have to think your way through it. And, and it's not like, oh, I just need someone to build my website for me. No, that's not how building a website works. Building a website, you have to think through every single page of the site. Welcome to The Fi Show, where you'll get a behind-the-scenes look into financial independence. Here's your host, Cody and Justin. Hello, everyone out there listening, and welcome back to another episode of The Fi Show. Before I start digging into the details of my weekend, I'm going to check in with my co-host Cody first. What's going on, Cody? Yeah, so I had a pretty good weekend. On Friday, we went to this nice sushi place, got a bunch of rolls, definitely overate a little bit, a little sake bomb action there. <laughs> on Saturday, went into Boston and celebrated a friend's birthday, had dinner with Lauren's parents on Sunday. So definitely a lot of food now that I'm thinking back about this weekend. In my business slash not food life, I'm just wrapping up my taxes, which have been kind of a nightmare. Definitely learned some lessons about just how to keep track. And a lot of things with the real estate I bought this year is pretty confusing and trying to keep things in the LLC and personal name and definitely some things that I wish I knew beforehand. But no matter, I'll, uh, I'll boot and rally and figure out everything. It's all a learning experience and every single failure was just going to make me get better for the next one. So <laughs> that's pretty much what's up with me. How about you, Justin? Well, first off, it sounds like those nitty gritty details may be warranting of uh, another episode. We'll have to bring in some folks to kind of get that download expertise. So uh, you won't have to go through that pain again, neither will the listeners. For me, um, had a pretty good weekend as well. We took uh, two days of vacation, so took off Thursday and Friday and kind of created a little four-day weekend. We went out to Joshua Tree and to Vegas. So we flew into Vegas, drove to Joshua Tree, which is about three hours, check out the national park there, which was awesome. Um, I'd heard a lot of great things about it, and it was it was really fun. And then drove back up to Vegas. Uh, I can safely say Vegas did not take my money. I don't have the heart. I don't have the stomach for the for the big bets. So I always start with the small bets and try to get the near 50% type things. So, you know, your roulettes, your blackjacks of the world and did a little bit of sports betting as well, which is uh, more my speed and came home with uh, 85 bucks in my pocket. So can't complain too bad. But enough of the rundown for me and Cody. Let's take a quick moment for our partner. Keeping track of your net worth is one of the most important things you can do on your journey to financial independence. If you don't have an idea of what your net worth is, there's no way that you can keep your quote unquote score. One of our favorite tools to keep this score is called Personal Capital. If you haven't already started using it, it's an online software that basically compiles all of your data, it crunches all your assets, all your liabilities, and spits out a net worth number and allows you to track it day by day, month by month. Yeah, Cody, one of the big things that hold people back when they're doing activities like tracking their expenses or tracking their net worth is just they look at it as a big burden. And this allows you to go in with one username and one password and access as many financial accounts as you have. These can be loans, these can be 401ks, these can be HSAs, bank accounts, credit cards. They're all linked there. The other thing I really like about personal capital is it's very investing focused. So you can go in there and look at your allocation across your entire portfolio. So you don't just look at your allocation in one type of account, but your allocation as a person completely. And if you want to use the same tool that me and Cody use to track our net worth, which is completely free, you can do so at thefyshow.com slash PC. That's thefyshow.com slash PC. Alrighty, Cody. Well, this week we have an exciting guest who definitely has a unique story. He created an entire website based on hiring virtual assistants from the Philippines. It's super niche, but it's obviously working for him. But Cody, I feel like you should fill us in on the site because you've actually got some personal experience from it, right? 
Yeah, and I was super excited to get John on. I mean, this is a guy who's like a Tim Ferriss type person in the space. He's made millions of dollars. He's built a bunch of successful businesses. And when I first stumbled on this website, onlinejobs.ph, a couple of years ago, it was like life changing. I hired a couple of people for various different tasks. I've done like video editing. I know blog post editing. I've had some blog posts written. I've had stuff done in my Etsy shop, like a whole host of things. And I've had nothing but good experiences. I have a couple of people that I still hire right now and kind of hearing John's backstory, hearing how he built the platform, hearing how, you know, the workers, it's an awesome kind of trade for the workers and the people who are hiring these workers. We really get into everything here. Just hear John's full backstory, how he kind of scratched his own itch by creating this business because there was nothing like it out and he could not find a solid place to get stuff done. And for all of you business owners, entrepreneurs out there, definitely go check this out. I mean, obviously don't shut this off yet. Listen to the full episode because Justin and I try to peel back the layers of the onion, but Honestly, it could be pretty life-changing for your business if you start hiring skilled people in areas that you either don't have the time for or that you want to expand in that you just don't have the expertise yet. And if you do want to go check out the site, you want to check out some of the freebies that John mentions that he's going to give out to listeners, you can do all of that at thefyshow.com slash John. That's thefyshow.com slash John. So I was probably 10 when that happened. And it was less of, oh, I want to take this different route than most people are taking. And more of a, in my personality, this is so terrible. And I, I have to admit this so that I can try and change it. But I want to be better than everybody else, which is so messed up. But it's, it's like who I've been since I was little, right? And when I was about 10, I was in the car with my brother and my uncle and my I was making fun of my brother because I got better grades than him, which meant I was going to be rich and he was not. And, and my uncle, my uncle who was an attorney and has done really well for himself said, well, you know, that's not really how it works. He said, often the A students work for the B students who run the C students companies. (laughs) And I was like, well, I'm not going to be that person. And that was really like, what started this driving force of like, no, I'm, I'm going to run my own business. And so you had that spark, you realized like, that's something you're going to do. What are some of those first implementations where you actually took and ran with that? Like, what were some of your first experiments with trying to create your own business? So when I graduated from college, I had a job and I got a job doing programming. I, I graduated in computer science. My only goal during the eight months that I had that job was to quit because like the job structure just doesn't work for me. Like it doesn't work mentally. It doesn't, it doesn't, nothing about it worked for me. And so the first thing I did was I tried building a website where I was going to refer home buyer clients to realtors because everybody does something in real estate, right? The first thing, which what I was doing was totally illegal or against (laughs) the board of realtors, right? Like against their bylaws or whatever. And so that failed miserably. I had a friend who he had bought this software, this info product thing, and this is 2004. And he was like, oh, maybe you should try this thing. It was software that would build a website for you. Like you give it a list of keywords and it'll build a, a web page for every keyword and build a website. And you put it online and do some SEO stuff and it'll get traffic. And I was like, uh, this seems like a waste of time. But let me try it. I'll see. So I built it and I made like $20 two days later. And that was the first, that was the first like, 
Oh my gosh, I might, I might, something <laughs> might work. $20. I love it. I like starting at the humble beginnings though, because we could just jump into where you're at now and people are like, oh, John's crushing it. But I feel like getting all this backstory and all the failures and all the, you know, the $20 that made you think that, holy crap, this is possible. I'd like to kind of take us back to that point. Like, why would you even have the confidence to think that you could quit your job? Like, I'm not sure exactly where you were living, but stuff costs money. You got to pay for rent. You got to pay for your car. You got to pay for food. And that 20 bucks you made from that website probably isn't covering most of those bills. So, I mean, where did that confidence come from? I know you mentioned you like to be better than everyone, but that's a tough thing to kind of, yeah, get your head around. Okay. So I was married. and I had two kids at the time. But at the same time, I had read The Millionaire Next Door. I had read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I knew that buying liabilities wasn't the right way. I knew spending money wasn't the right way to get rich. I knew that I had to save and and buy assets. And so at the time, I was married. I had two kids. I just graduated from college. And when I quit my job, I had three things going for me. One, I had a consulting job that would pay me about $10,000 in two months, over two months, which was a good amount of money, uh, $5,000 a month for someone young, right? At, at that time, I had some other contract work that I could do that I knew would, at least we could eat, right? So that was that was number two. So I had those two things going for me. It was like, okay, I, I, and I had, to, I had to quit my job in order to, to do the first one of those because otherwise I wasn't going to be able to do it. So the third thing was, and this is a big one that I think most people miss because they try and be entrepreneurs later in life. And when they graduate from college, they think, oh, I graduated from college. I'm rich. I should be able to buy a 60-inch TV and a BMW and whatever, right? So so we had bought our first house while we were in college. It was 1,400 square feet. We lived in 900 of those square feet. We had finished the basement and rented it out. Our mortgage was $750 a month, and we had renters paying $550. So we had very little expense there. We were driving a 1992 Toyota Tercel, so there was no car payment. There was very little house payment or rent payment. We were very frugal. And so my risk level was really, really low. And I think that's where so many people go wrong. They start going through life, and they spend a bunch of money according to how much they make, and they realize, well, this is never going to be enough. I need to start a business, but in order to start the business, I need to quit my job, but I have all these expenses and it's a hard place to be in. I think that's a great point. Like you set your life up in a way that gave you this, this kind of rope to go out there and try some things with it, gave you a little bit of flexibility. But like Cody said, you know, not want to jump straight into your successes. As you got into that, was there ever a moment where you thought, you know, I might've messed up. I might've bit off a little more than I can chew. Maybe, uh, maybe this isn't going to work. No. hey that's the answer i mean i had that worry when i quit right and even my wife so my wife grew up her dad was a teacher and she was taught when you get married you want to marry a guy who has a good education who will get a good job with good benefits and good health insurance and i was the opposite of all of those things and when when i was getting ready to quit she said okay you have six months if you don't, if you haven't made money in six months, you have to get a job because all she knew was she had seen a whole bunch of people that had quit their jobs and failed and failed and failed. And they were dragging their families through years of, of terrible. And so I knew like, dude, there's no, I have to make this work. And fortunately for me, I had these other gigs. And then that other thing came that I made 20 bucks. And that was like the very, very beginning where I could see right away. Oh, if I just do this again, I'll make more money. 
And so was it as easy as that? Was the second business after the $20 business, was that the business that exploded for you? No, it was the first one. It was the $20 one. Oh, it's still the $20 one. Okay. Well, I mean, so here's the thing. This was a get rich quick scheme at the time that actually worked, but you didn't get rich with it, right? I didn't get, I didn't get rich. I made $20, right? But that was money that I had built a website and I didn't touch the website. Google indexed it and sent me traffic and people clicked on ads and, and I made 20 bucks in one day. And the next day I made 20 again. And the next day I made 25. And the next, I remember the first day I made $50. It was amazing. I, I was jumping around in my living room with my wife because I could see like I didn't do anything to make this money other than build this website. So I went and built another one and I went to build another one and I went to, and then I went and built software to build the websites for me. And eventually, you know, I gave that software away to people so they could build websites on the condition that every web page that they would build would create would link back to one of my websites, which is really good for SEO. So all of my websites were getting ranked to the top of Google. So I got, I was ranked number one for like car insurance, life insurance, work from home, home-based business, wrinkle cream, vacuum. And I was ranked number one for all these things, right? So I was making a lot of money at that point once I got deeper into this. So what led you to, I think, what will be the main uh, topic of today, which is, you know, this, this online presence where you're helping people find contract work. I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about it and just tell us how you went from this website building venture to, to where you are today. Yeah. So, and that's, and that's really where this gets good for most people. So I was frustrated because I was working like crazy. And the reason I quit my job was so I wouldn't have to work like crazy. Right. I mean, that's, that's why people do this. And so I tried outsourcing multiple times. I, I tried, I tried hiring people locally four different times. I tried hiring people locally to help me build these websites, to help me do stuff. And the first thing they did was quit. It was like, Oh, Duh, I'll go do this on my own. Hello. <laughs> so like that didn't work. So then I tried hiring a contract worker on Elance, which is now Upwork, right? So before it was Upwork. And I hired this guy to do some SEO stuff for me. And he wrote a bunch of articles and he sent them back to me. And I was super excited. And, and then I, and I paid him. And then I realized like, oh, the burden of this falls on me now to go and submit the articles and to make sure they're correct and to deal with their links. The whole thing fell on me. I was like, oh, this contract worker thing doesn't work because I want to outsource this entire process, not like one thing to give me more work to do. I already had enough work to do. So I got a really good tip one day from the owner of backcountry.com. He said, you know, when you're ready to start outsourcing some of this stuff, make sure you go to the Philippines with it. And I was like, huh, weird. (laughs) Uh, and he's like, yeah, because in India, when you tell them something and they say, yes, that means, yes, I heard something come out of your mouth. Not yes. I understood what you said. And that was like, well, maybe something's different than what the last time I tried in India where it didn't work for me. Right. And so the the conversation with him really kind of gave me hope that maybe there's, maybe there's something different out there. And he gave me a reference where I could hire someone full time who would only work for me. And that was a big leap. Like, I'm going from myself and or trying to hire a contract worker or an hourly person to hiring someone full-time, 40 hours a week, monthly commitment of $750 a month. And that was like a big leap. So I waited two months before I did it. And finally, I was like, it doesn't matter. I, I can't keep doing what I'm doing. So this guy was in the Philippines, full-time. He worked for me. It was the most liberating experience of my life because all of a sudden – 
I had this dude whose full-time job was to do anything I was willing to teach him to do. And like, he didn't, he didn't know very much, but that full process of writing the articles and submitting them, that, that whole thing, that was the first thing I did. I taught him the whole process and it sucked. Like he didn't write the articles well at first. He didn't do the submissions well at first. I had to work with him through the whole process, but over a month I did and I never touched it again. Right. And so that was the first time, like I hired this dude He's now doing something that I was I wasn't doing before because I didn't like it, and it's amazing. So, how did I get from there to like running a running what I am? So I was in a mastermind group where we had phone calls every week, and I just found the people on the phone calls. the The mastermind group was asking me every single week, "Wait, how are you doing this again? How's this working? How are you hiring these people? What what happened? How how's this working so well? Why are you succeeding so well?" my success started to skyrocket as soon as I started getting the right help. And finally I was like, I can't just keep repeating the same thing every week. So I recorded an audio hour long audio of me talking through it. And it went crazy. People, people just wanted to know because it was so different than what people had heard of at the time. People had heard from Tim Ferriss and four hour work week, go hire someone in India off of ask Sunday or whatever. I don't remember what it was. And even Tim afterwards Tim started using onlinejobs.ph, my website, to hire people in the Philippines like I was teaching. And so that's, that's like what made the leap of like from I hired this dude, I hired another dude. It was amazing. I started teaching it. So I feel like the big challenge here, and this is the big challenge with any type of software, like you could create the best software in the world, but the marketing part is really hard. How do you get people in the Philippines, A, to start using this platform, start sending their resumes in, and then B, how do you get people from all around the world to start trusting that these people are actually going to do good work, not going to steal their information, and, you know, everything that goes around that? Okay, so, I mean, that's, and that's it, right? Like, there's a chicken and an egg thing there. I had the chickens because I was teaching them why they should hire people in the Philippines, and I needed the, I needed the eggs, right? And so that was so simple. I built this platform because I was recruiting through an agency, which is what I was telling people to do. Go to this agency. They have offices in the Philippines. They recruit Filipinos. They bring them into their office. They, they mark up their salaries and lease them to you. And I hated it because they, they did a crappy job, but it was the only option I had. And so I was like, maybe I can build this platform and get a couple hundred resumes so I can recruit someone myself. Well, I asked my team of three or four people in the Philippines, what can we do to market this in the Philippines? And they were like, oh, I think I'll do this. I think I'll do this. That's the only thing we ever did. And we had a couple hundred profiles in the first month. Wow. And we six months ago or so, we passed a million profiles. So that was that was the easy side of it. The, the workers was the easy side of it. The employers is a different story. And the answer to that, and this is the answer I always give to people like, how do you market? You educate. You create content. And that was the thing that I did that everybody else who has tried to teach people virtual assistants hasn't done well is they haven't number one created created a lot of content number two told their story which is a good story of success so i think that's like if when you find a, a company that is doing a really good job of marketing you'll find they're telling a story and even like apple right like an iphone they tell a story they don't tell you the technical details of the phone they don't give a crap about that i mean they do but you want to know how it's going to change your life. Like, how is this thing going to feel in my hand or how, right? So I tell a story of 
how I got started and why, why it changed my life. And I teach people everything I can for free. Like, I, I just want you to know like this exists because when, because when I was trying to start a business doing drop shipping of a whole drop shipping library, I couldn't do it because we couldn't create the content for it because it was too expensive and it was too hard to add these products into a system because I didn't know about this amazing, talented, hardworking, loyal workforce that exists in the Philippines that later on I found out and was like, oh, dude, if I had gone back to that business now, this would be so simple given the knowledge that I have. And so I wanted to teach people like, here's what exists out there. You had no idea you could hire a full-time person who's honest, loyal, trustworthy, hardworking, not entrepreneurial. They don't want to steal your business. They have a computer and internet access for $400 a month for full-time work. You had no idea. But now you know, I have like 10 things I could have that person do, right? Well, what about hiring someone talented or skilled? Uh, yeah, you can hire, you want a programmer? Great, go hire a great programmer. You want a social media person who's skilled and experienced? Great, hire a social media person. You know, it's so like, I tried to educate it and then the rest of it followed. So I'd like to step a little bit into the lives of the actual workers on the other end as far as, you know, because you mentioned originally with the first few that you were training them yourselves, you were kind of getting them up to speed. So what does that look like now in this more mature model? Like how do they get educated on how to operate on this platform? Are they sitting there with any kind of assurances that they're going to get work? Or do you find that maybe some of them are still working for agencies while while kind of dipping their toes in the water with this platform? I don't know if you could just kind of walk us through the life of the actual workers. Yeah. Okay. So let me clarify the platform first. So we are just a job board. We just provide you a means of connecting with them. They upload their resume. They have no clue if they're going to get a job or not. And most of them are frankly pretty skeptical. Uh, most of them have heard about it from a friend. And that friend either got a job or didn't, but they're telling them about it. And that friend has a job and they'll t they're telling them this is legitimate. So we'll often hear from workers like, I put my resume on and I was super skeptical. And then I applied for jobs. And very, very often they're still working another job, a full-time job when they start. How are they learning to do what they're doing? I mean, almost everybody there is college educated. So they have a degree. And this is a legitimate post-high school degree most of the time. In the Philippines, on-the-job training is a very, very... It's normal. Like you're going to get your first job and they're going to train you in something. And so that's, that's part of where it comes from. There's a lot of course training going on in the Philippines. And then there's a lot of like, you got your first job as a beginner. Uh, you're getting some training from an employer. You're going to work for that person and work your way up or work your way smart. Or I'll tell you that first person I ever hired, I was paying them $750 a month. They were paying him $250 a month. So he was making 250 bucks a month. He still works for me today. That was 2005. So today, dude can do anything I ask him to do, right? And he's amazing. So when they usually when they get on, they don't first in the beginning they don't know anything, and they're going to get a job doing menial data entry work, and they're going to learn and they're going to work hard because that's their culture. On the other side of it, you we have I mean we have a million profiles, right? So we have the whole full spectrum of people. Like oh, I hired a dude who worked for IBM as a programmer because he put his resume on onlinejobs.ph and I found him and I offered him a job part-time hoping that I could lure him away from IBM full-time, which I did. And he's amazing. Right? So, uh, usually, I mean, almost always they work from home. They have a computer and internet access. Actually this last week we asked them for pictures of their workstation so we could see, so we could show people like, here's where they work. Right. And it was really interesting. They all sent pictures of 
gosh, if I could show you guys like, of like this, right? They only showed us their computer basically, right? And I was like, no, 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 I want to see more. I like, I want to see the whole room. And then the real story came out of like, oh yeah, here's their computer sitting on a desk that's only just as wide, just wide enough for their laptop. And the stove is right next to it, right? Or their baby's crib is right next to it. Or there's a bunch of toys on the ground or they're taking the picture standing on their bed looking at, right? That, and that's, that, that's really the, that's more of the story, right? So they're working from home. They have internet that's not like your internet. It's not as fast as yours, but it's, it's sufficient in the Philippines. You'll find all levels of like computer and internet access to where like we just helped one of our workers buy a $3,000 MacBook Pro. I have a dude who edits videos that I can upload the videos that I film in full HD and he will download them, edit them and send them back the next day. Right. So like he's fully, fully functional. So like there's, there's the full gamut of workers there. People in Manila, people in the farmland of Island number 4,300. So I kind of want to get into the numbers here, kind of on the same topic. And I know John, you definitely know more of these numbers than I do, but I know a lot of people. And I was even thinking this at first, like when I first stumbled upon your website, probably four years ago, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like these people are getting ripped off. They're making nothing. But could you talk a bit about like what the work environment actually is like in the Philippines? I know you already mentioned like one, these people are getting to work from home, like whether they have kids or whatever, they can stay home, which is probably a luxury in the Philippines. I don't know exactly. And yeah, if you could just talk about like what normal wages are for say like a factory job or just some, some blue collar type of job and then what they're actually making typically on online jobs pH for someone who's skilled. Yeah. So typical in the Philippines is for someone to work six days a week. 10 hours a day. That's, that's very normal. So they're working 60 hours and very, very often that work is temporary. So often you'll recruit someone and you'll be like, Hey, when can you start? And they'll say, Oh, my contract ends on this date. So I've only been to the Philippines once it was in 2010 and I took my family on vacation. We sat on a beach for five weeks and I brought my team there and it was a really amazing, but multiple times I met people and started talking to them. We're like, Hey, where are you from? Oh, you're not from this little tiny island. You took a 14-hour boat ride to get here from Manila, and you have a six-month contract. So after six months, what do you do? Oh, I go back home, and I find another job. So that's super common in the Philippines for that to exist. So like, they're not making that much minimum wage in different parts of the country. is different, like here. You'll find minimum wage in like Davao. Mindanao, which is a big island in the south, but not as heavily populated, is like $140 a month. Wow. Where like minimum wage in Manila is like $350 a month, something like that. So what when I when I say like you can hire someone for $400 a month or $450 a month, I say that's like a beginner starting entry level wage that you're going to pay to someone, right? And that person is probably in Mindanao. Uh, so they're they're making a reasonable wage for where they live. They're not out of poverty there, right? Which poverty is – so in the Philippines, they don't like to call it a third world country. They like to call it a developing economy or an emerging economy, which is true And it's and because there's so much there that's going on that's so good. But – so I'll tell you a couple things. One time, one of my guys told me that he lends money to his dad on a regular basis – because he makes so much more than his dad does. He makes $850 a month. One of my other dudes told me uh, he was teaching all of his friends to do what he does because he makes twice as much as any of them, right? He makes just over $1,000 a month now. 
And so like you're paying someone $500 a month. That's not a great wage in the Philippines. It's not poor. It's not terrible, but it's not great. Right. So don't, I don't, I don't want people to think like, Oh, I'm no, I'm paying them really well, but here's what you will see when you hire someone. Number one, you will see them. Thank you. Because finding a full-time job in the Philippines is hard and finding a stable long-term job is even harder. And so they will thank you over and over and over again. And you'll find you'll grow to love this person or these people, the people that you're hiring, they'll become your friends. You will depend on them. They'll depend on you. You'll want to take care of them. And that's, I mean, that's what, that's where we are with 30 people that work for us now. We're like, oh, you're struggling. We want to take care of you. We want to make your life better, not just give you a job. And then to continue with kind of this, this numbers theme on your side of the equation, I know you had mentioned that typically they were working for these agencies who might've been taking two thirds of the actual money coming through for themselves and then only passing down the third to the employer. How does this system work for you? I know you mentioned it's just a job board. So like, where is your income coming from? Is there any type of middleman at all? Like just breaking that part down. Yeah. So when I built this, I built what I wanted to find, which was no middleman, no marked up salaries, no commitment, none of it. So when you come on online jobs, you can post a job for free. You can look at resumes for free. The thing you can't do is talk to workers. You can see their job application. They'll apply to you without any contact information, without any way for you to reply to them until you've paid us $70, $69. And then you can talk to as many of them as you want until you hire someone. It's it's $69 per month while you're recruiting. So if you find someone in the first week, cancel and you're done. You're done with us. And you hire that person outside of us and you pay them however you want. You can pay them through, we have a payment system called EasyPay. It makes it super simple. You can pay them through PayPal. You can wire money to them each month. Whatever you want to do, we don't care. It's between you and them. You'll work, you work outside of our system. You work through your email or your project manager system or whatever you want. For for 10 years, I never did anything except for email them. They had their email, I had mine. And it works super well. So we we don't we don't get involved in any of it. We let you do whatever you want to do. So I have a question. I actually don't know the answer to this. I'm, I'm pretty curious. So I've been using online jobs for probably three years at this point. And like you said, like I love, I got to give a shout out to Angel. She's awesome. And she helps me out with some stuff on Pinterest. And she's helped me out with stuff that I don't want to take care of on Etsy. And she's just been absolutely amazing. But it seems like, I mean, a lot of a lot of these workers are coming in with skills that I'm like, oh my gosh, like these are way more skills than I have, like technical skills. Are you providing any types of trainings? Like, do things like that live on the website? Or how, I guess, from your side, or if, if at all, are these workers getting trained without actually getting experience from contractors? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> so we don't have training on the website. I am in the process of creating training that you will be able to give to your worker. So like, you want her to learn SEO, we'll provide you training for SEO specifically designed for a virtual assistant in the Philippines, because there are a bunch of conditions that you have to meet for this. You can't just give them any training. We don't have that right now. So where are people getting this training? Uh, There's a lot of courses online that Filipinos are very aggressive with, with doing this. They'll go through it and then they'll go on and get a job. So here's something interesting that most employers miss this. Filipinos want the job. They, they work their butts off to get a job right? Like they do all kinds of training. They're willing to pay, you know, they're making $500 a month. 
they're willing to pay $200 to get a good training course, right? Like you think about this, you're making $100,000 a year. Are you willing to pay $6,000 for a, a training course on Pinterest? No, but they are, right? For In relation to their salary. So they're willing to do the work. And then when they get the job, they want to keep the job. So a lot of employers think if something doesn't work out like, oh, they didn't do this thing like they said they could, it's usually not because they weren't trained, because they don't know what they're doing, because they don't want the job, because they're lazy, which is there's the like the four things that people often think that that that's going on. Usually the reason why something doesn't work out is because that Filipino doesn't understand something from you or they're worried about letting you down. And so like, this is the biggest problem people will have with the Philippines is that worker will disappear because they're worried about letting you down. They're worried about losing face. And when that disappearance happens, you know that y- you have probably done something wrong, uh, not trained them, not given them enough instructions, not made something clear, even though you thought your training was super duper clear, that's where you, that's where you miss something. So they're doing training on their own. Employers are giving them training. Usually it's in giving a worker training that you will prevent the, this number one problem, the disappearing problem. So that's where probably a lot of education is happening. So it sounds like that you're trying to keep this as, as simple as possible. Like you mentioned, it was like you were trying to create what you were looking for. You just want to have a job board where people could find each other. They can pay each other however they want. They can set up their own terms, no middleman. But I do see some things like a section where it says, you know, you have some like vetted workers. Is there any other things where you see like an evolution of this website where there is some other kind of more premium tier that that does have a little more involvement on your end or your team's end than just the standard job board? So there are so many things that we do that we haven't, that nobody sees to try and make this a better experience for employers, right? So like recently we started human verifying every single profile, physical address, physical ID card and photo, right? So like we know you are who you say you are, right? Just because it prevents people from duplicating accounts, it prevents people from cheating employers, it prevents it prevents scammers, it prevents people from India from getting from getting in and pretending that they're Filipino, even though they try super, super, super hard. There's a bunch of stuff like that that we do on the back end that nobody ever sees that keeps it clean. On the other side of it, so I do have a training course that I just released recently. I call it my one VA away challenge where like, I feel like so many people until they've done this, they have no idea that they're one virtual assistant away from finding exponential growth in their business or from getting time back in their lives. And so in that, in that course, which is $49 one time fee, and I guarantee you will find a good VA. If you go through it, I'll walk you through every single step of the process to make it easier and better for you. Right. And if you don't find a good VA, I'll give you your money back or, I just soft released a handheld hiring product where as you go through the hiring process, we will hold your hand through it and like tell you what you're doing wrong in your job post or telling what you're doing good or wrong in your interview process. Or we'll look at some of the profiles of people you're considering hiring to say like, I mean, we have so much data on people and we have so much experience with it that it's like, oh, you would never know this, but this person has this issue or no, no, no. All these people that you you found are really good and legitimate. Pick any one of them. They're going to be great, right? So that's something else that we're that we're releasing that is I'm doing a slow rollout of because I want to make sure we get it right. 
So we have a lot of entrepreneurs and small business owners in the audience, and we've kind of talked about this from a 30,000 foot view where you said a reason why a lot of the work either isn't done correctly or just isn't done at all is from poor instruction. Could you maybe, you don't have to spell all the beans from the from the mini course, John, but could you maybe give some pointers on how someone who's hiring a VA can be more explicit and kind of avoid those mishaps of like either, you know, someone not giving them the work on time or someone doing the work completely wrong or not doing the work at all? No, because <laughs> all of those things are going to happen like this. So here's the thing. I think people often want a magic bullet. Like you hear this and it sounds amazing, right? You're going to go out, you're going to get amazing work. I can tell you some stories that are just that will blow your mind about the kind of work that I've gotten done from people in the Philippines. Like I've made eight figures from work that people in the Philippines are doing, right? And the thing is, there's always someone making a mistake. There's always doing someone doing something wrong, just like there would be if you hired someone locally. So how do you prevent it? You can't. You can get better at giving instructions. So here's the first thing to do in trying to prevent this. Number one, when something goes wrong, assume it's your fault. Because some employers do it, some employers don't. Some employers assume, oh, this person sucks, right? And they're like, I, like they'll tell me, and it's interesting because I see both sides of it. Like I'll see the worker's side because they'll, they'll, and then I don't see this so much anymore because we've gotten too big for me to see these things. But in the past, I'll see it, right? Like the worker will tell me what they saw and the employer will be like, oh, they, I gave them perfect instructions, this and this and this. And I'm like, oh, show me your instructions. I have no freaking clue what you're asking for here. (laughs) Like you think your instructions are perfect. You told me you went over them three times and I still have no clue. So number one, assume it's your fault. Number two, if a worker disappears, if they don't say anything, like if you require a daily, a daily email from them, which is what I recommend. And if they don't respond for three days and instantly, you know, something's wrong. So something went wrong with this person where, they're stuck on something. They don't know what to do for something. They're worried they're going to let me down. So you can then go to that person and say, hey, I think something's wrong. Like you're stuck on something. What are you stuck on? What can I help you with? And if you're, if you're willing to do that, if you haven't heard from them for three days, if you're willing to send this email, you'll solve almost every problem you'll ever have. You can get better at creating training, but in the end, everybody's going to run into this problem. You just have to know. I will say that when I found Jing, which I'll give you another option in a second. But when I found Jing 14, 12 years ago, it changed my life. Um, So Jing is screen capture software made by the makers of Camtasia. Today I use Snagit, which is screen capture software, screen recording software made by the the same people. It sits open on your desktop. You drag it out and it'll record your screen and your voice and your mouse. So you can record a video saying to someone, hey, here's the process I want you to follow. Watch me do this. I'm going to go here to this website. I'm going to get this piece of information. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to do this with it. I'm going to add it to the spreadsheet. And then I'm going to go back and I'll do this again, right? And then you press stop and upload and Jing uploads or Snagit uploads it to a server for you automatically where, and then you just click paste into your email and send them a link and they're going to watch that video. And so now you've gotten really, you've gotten way better at your ability to show someone something instead of in the past where I was trying to write an email and like describe everything that I wanted through an email and maybe I was missing something, but now they get to see the exact thing that I'm talking about. So that's a really big deal. I think often people need to get over their fear of being on camera. Like you don't need to be on camera. You don't need to see your face, even though it's good for them to see your face, but talk your way through it with them. And then when they don't do it right, talk your way through it with them again. And when they mess one piece in it, do it again. 
because in the end, I'll just say this is my approach, right? Like this is this is the way that I do it. I've worked 17 hours a week for the last 13 years. It works for me. I've seen a lot of other people that it works for. I've seen a lot of people that it doesn't work for, like people who aren't willing to be patient with someone, people who can't have anything less than perfection. Like, sorry, this isn't going to work for you. You got to work 60 hours a week, bro. Well, this has obviously become super successful for you. But anytime I think we have an, an entrepreneur on who's built something, typically it seems to get to a certain point to where it's kind of running itself. You've done it for so long that you start looking at a completely different project. So not just the evolution of the online jobs.ph, but is there another venture that you're kind of looking at? So online jobs has been so stinking fulfilling. Every single day, I get emails from employers and workers saying, thank you so much. This changed my life. And I don't work that much. And I make really good money. And the only thing, the only other project that I've looked at doing is creating better education. Actually, I have this sitting here because I just, I just published a book called The Outsourcing Lever. And, and even with that, I'm giving it away for free. Because I just want people to learn. Like, I just want people to learn it. So I published, I bought a whole bunch of copies. It's free at outsourcinglover.com. Pay shipping. It's $7 shipping to get it to you. And then my one vaaway.com project was also that same thing. Like, I want to teach people my exact recruiting process in detail, seven steps of 30-minute videos that you can follow along and do the work while you're watching the video. And at the end of it, you have hired a great person, Right. So the, those are those are the two projects that I've been working on recently to like continue to create and and then obviously we have pieces in the soft parts in the software that we're creating that I'm managing like oh a fully redesigned inbox or our app or whatever right I love it man and I'm I'm so glad we were able to have you on and I can personally vouch like I remember like I was saying before when I first heard about online jobs at PH probably three or four years ago someone's like oh dude you got to check it out. And of course, like everyone who stumbles onto the website, you're skeptical. You're like, you know what? This person's going to steal all my data. They're going to suck. They're not going to know what they're doing. But I have had nothing but awesome people on there. I do vet people pretty well. I you know, give them video instruction like you were saying, John. I have a Zoom call with them, like tell them what's up, show them exactly what to do. And it has been fantastic. It has absolutely changed my entrepreneurial ventures and just made things a lot easier, things I don't want to do. And I've gotten a lot more insight into their side of things where, you know, they're getting employed They're They don't have to wait and hope that they get that job six months down the road. So first of all, just want to thank you for coming on and sharing the whole process, the whole journey, everything about on the jobs.ph. But for those people who want to learn more about you, more about the website, where are some of the best places? I know you have mentioned them throughout the podcast, but let's get them all in one little soundbite here. Yeah. So the, the three things to, the three things to do is go to outsourcinglever.com and get the book. That, and that's super simple. One uh, VAOA.com is my hiring process where I will walk you through every single step so you know exactly what you're doing. You do it right. And I'll guarantee it. I'll guarantee that you'll find a good VA. And then onlinejobs.ph is the place where you're going to go to hire other people. Awesome. Well, this is a financial independence show. And so one thing we always like to ask our guests is if someone's on that path to financial independence or entrepreneurship, you know, like what is that number one tangible tip you'd give them? So outside of hire someone to help you, get the right help. That's the number one tip that I would give. But going right along with that is if you're going to succeed in business, it's fine to follow a system, to follow like someone else is teaching you something. You bought a product about how to sell on Amazon. You bought something about how to create an info product, whatever it is. You have to think. If you're going to succeed, the hardest thing that you do is thinking. You have a problem. 
you have to think your way through it. And, and it's not like, oh, I just need someone to build my website for me. No, that's not how building a website works. Building a website, you have to think through every single page of the site. And if you don't want to do it, you're not going to get a good website, right? Or you run into a problem and you have to think your way through it. Or you, you want to build a product. It's really fun to build a product. It's really hard to build the marketing for the product. And it's hard mental work that you have to think through. And so do the hard work. Do the hard thinking work. And then go do the fun work of building the product, of creating the, of whatever else it is, right? That's my number one tip. You're going to succeed. You've got to do the hard thinking work. Awesome. Well, love that advice, man. And just want to thank you again so much for coming on and squeezing us into your 17-hour work week. <laughs> so yeah, just thanks again for coming on, John. Hey, thanks for having me. It's been great. And as always, if you want to check out our Facebook group page, you can do so at thefyshow.com slash community. And we always appreciate those five-star reviews. They help us get great guests like we had today. And if you're interested in supporting The Fi Show, you can do so by checking out some of our partners over at the resources page, which can be found at thefyshow.com slash resources. And thanks for listening. <laughs>